Welcome to Best Bad Movie Ever, a podcast about terrible movies and the people who love them, with your hosts, Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell. Hey! Hi. Welcome to another episode of Best Bad Movie Ever, the show about terrible films and the people who love them. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I'm your other co-host, David Bell. And who are you, sir? I'm Justin Brown, and I'm here to defend a terrible movie called mm. Attack of the Clones. Really feeling that sting there on the mm. word terrible. Uh, <laughs> Justin is an artist. He's a longtime friend of mine, and he does art for our podcast network, Gamefully Unemployed. I do. And mm. he's in town for LA Comic Con, so we're going to get right. him to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. One thing I know about. So... Attack of the Clones. Uh, yes. Um, Star Wars Episode 2, uh, 2002. Normally we ask our guests to favor us with a quick plot description of the film, but I feel like most people have seen this movie, so we don't really need that much in terms of like a refresher. I mean, right. I really think that most people will still need a I really stand by this because uh, most people have seen this movie, but they'll probably be like, I remember there was a, a I think Christopher Lee fought a Muppet at one point. Right. Um, but like, I don't think anybody could explain what happens in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of parts to it, a lot of moving parts. I can try if you want. I'm sure. I, would, <laughs> I mean, I, would, I, I know, I, I know, know what you're saying, Tom. It's Star Wars. Everybody knows, but I don't actually think people know well, what happens in this movie, right. like, I see, or what the I, villain uh, plans was, or what like any people, of the characters do. Right. What I'm saying is, people remember the sequences, but yes, you're correct in that. The first two films, particularly in the prequel trilogy, just decided to go real dense in like political right it's, maneuvering. It's, yeah. yeah, it's like Tom Clancy's Politica. <laughs> right, but it makes no sense because I made like a, a note we- this like time, like a weird Joker sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. No, I impossible have, plan. in my notes. I have written down point by point, step by step, like what was Sheev Palpatine's plan? <laughs> right. Good old Sheev, and and I was just trying to map out like okay. What happens? Like, okay, this assassin comes, and then he finds that the dart is from this planet, and the planet doesn't exist, so he goes to the planet, and then there he meets Jango Fett, and then Jango Fett and the the army, and then and then he reports back, and then they like get the army because he gets kidnapped, um, or yeah, and then right. Anakin tries to save him, mm. and like at the end, Sheev Palpatine, one, it's it's chaos. Right. And then at the very end, Palpatine is like, it all went according to plan. And it was like, <laughs> what plan? His plan, well, the first two films basically boiled down to false flag attacks. Right. So his plan was to get Count Dooku, can, I mean, I, I follow along, make right. sure I'm getting this right. Count Dooku, who is his secret apprentice, Darth Tyrannus, mm-hmm. Christopher Lee, to lead a separatist movement to break away from the Republic to justify the creation of an army that they already had started in secret, the clone army. Right, so he needed the clone army to be seen. Right. He needed okay. them to pass a reg- resolution granting them an army, which to me is insane that the Republic, the Galactic Republic, doesn't, doesn't have, have an army. Or any sort of force. Right. Like, even if it was a small, like, peacekeeping. Although, I guess maybe you could say that's what they thought the Jedi would. Yeah. But I mean, that's the other question I have. Of the notes, I have... A broad question, which is what happens in this movie, which right. I'd like you to answer, and also what the what are the Jedi, um, right. which seems like we'd know at this point. Yeah. Um, but they don't. They the, all they do is they're a political bodyguard, and they say they're not soldiers, except for when they're soldiers later. Right. They're the SS. They are the SS. Yeah. Yeah. They're a, they're a little a, bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that answers that. <laughs> um, but what you're saying about like okay, there's a secret army. He needs them 
to know about it. The way he does that right. is he sets explosives on uh, Natalie Portman's ship. Right. This is the very beginning. It right. uh, blows up. Assassination attempt. That's, yeah. yeah. In the hopes that the Jedi... Then he slyly suggests like maybe Obi-Wan can protect her. So right. this is all part of the plan. I don't know. Like, yeah, it seems like, well... and it's, then It's uh, the first draft of a plan yeah. at best. <laughs> I think. But then he also, he goes to Jango Fett. And, because Jango Fett says that he was hired by... Dooku hires yeah. Jango Fett. And so I think he went to Jango Fett and was like, I need you to assassinate the, the senator. senator yeah. Right, because she opposes the creation of right. the army. So. And Jango Fett hires another assassin. Right. Yeah, he sublets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, 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 yeah, which is, that's, you that's know, smart. how is that? And so did, did, did Palpatine know this was going to happen? That's a good because question. Because then what ultimately leads, because I was trying to figure, I was paying attention because I knew ahead of time, having seen this a few times, that this was Palpatine trying to get the army. So I was like, right. okay, how, where, how do the dots connect? The assassin that is hired by the assassin, Sam Wessel, continue. yeah, takes yeah. a droid and puts bugs on it right. and puts it in her, her room. Now, had he ex- succeeded, that would have been the end of Sheev's plan. That's it. Like, there's nothing to get. Like, if that if right. that robot succeeds and kills um, Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. right, then that's the end of that. Right. But instead, Obi Wan jumps out of a window. Yeah, that's like one of the best m- moments in the but, film. It's one of the best moments in any film ever. <laughs> ever, and I want us to focus on the fact that they run into Padme's room and see that there's space worms about to bite her. Anakin chops them in half. They see a droid outside. <laughs> Obi Wan, no hesitation, dives yeah. headlong, completely vert- uh, horizontal, right through out. the window. Because you know, apartment window. Because you know how Obi Wan is that hotshot Jedi that always uh, <laughs> jumps to rash uh, action. Yeah. He literally says afterwards to Anakin. Patience use the force thing. He says minutes after blasting through a window. <laughs> He's an uh, enigma in this movie. He, mm-hmm. he truly is. I that is that when that <laughs> we saw this in the theater together. There's a guy behind us. I still remember this who yelled, "Oh snap." When <laughs> <laughs> the theater erupted when that. It was so unexpected. It's very jarring. But okay, so he he tracks that thing to the bounty hunter. They go into a bar and they kill the Oh no, they interrogate the bounty hunter. To right. which Django fires a dart in the bounty hunter's neck and kills it. Yes. So she doesn't talk. The so she doesn't, hopes. doesn't say nothing. Right. Um, then Obi-Wan takes the dart to a 50s diner <laughs> yeah. where this fucking ogre is working the decks. kitchen. And the ogre's like, this is from Camino." Right. So that's the connection. Is this dart was apparently purchased at the Camino gift shop. Because um, uh, if you're... Where did... Like, that alone is where in Camino is he getting... Because it's like an ocean planet of, like, peaceful uh, right. gray aliens. Well, they're not... I don't think they're peaceful. Oh, right. They are building armies. But, like... Like, yeah. a military yeah. contractor. So, Sheev must have... Right, they're space north of Grumman. <laughs> they're so, not exactly peaceful. Sheev hired Django to assassinate the center and the... Dooku well, Sheev told Dooku right. to tell to to hire the assassin in the hopes that Obi Wan would be smart enough to trace it all the way back to Kamino. I don't know if that was the intention, but that's how the movie. But how else would he get his army? Because that's how right. he gets his army. Has, someone some, has to go to Kamino. Yeah, some mechanism to get somebody there has been eliminated from the archives. Right. So, like, there are easier ways to get that army known about, right? I yeah, you would think. Yeah. And I also think this extends outside the film, but because they don't ever address like the 
logic behind who ordered it because the guy they say ordered it was supposed to be dead before then. Right. So like even George Lucas was like, I don't I don't know how to close this loop and just yeah. I don't know what the original plan it, was if there was one. Try. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's yeah, it's super convoluted. Right. That it doesn't need to be what it is. It's yeah. more than convoluted. Yeah. And then yeah, and then as the third one reveals these things have like a special order in yep. them. Um, 66. 66 right. to wipe out the Jedi. Mm-hmm. That's the point. So that's the plot. Of, that's the overarching Pretty plot much. of this one. That's like the main, that's the A plot. The the way, yeah, the way they manufacture the start of a war, like yeah. basically. The B plot uh, is a love story. That sweet, sweet romance. Right. With the, uh, the love theme in this is very, very close to the theme from Hook. Yes. Right. <laughs> Another John Williams. Another John, yeah. Score. Another John Williams score. I would say this uh, of the prequels. This is the weakest of the scores. I think. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's I'll, the least memorable for me. I still remember, like the love theme still sticks out for me. Um, yeah. There's, I, I'll one of the thing, one of the positive things I did want to like, because I'm I'm going to be more on the fence in this episode because <laughs> I don't hate the prequels. Um, one positive thing I will say, I think the music from all three prequels is way more memorable than either of the two episodes no i'll seven, agree with, i'll agree Disney to that ones, yeah. yeah yeah i can't recall a single piece of music i remember ray's thing but that's the ray's only theme, one yeah in, the, in in episode seven right but have, like any in, in episode one you have duel of the fates in episode mm-hmm. two you have the love theme in episode three you have battle of heroes right a fucking great piece of music yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i on on a technical level where it doesn't when it when the stuff that doesn't involve george lucas i like such as the music right i think the settings are really pretty because a yeah. lot of them oh, yeah. models but then the moment a character shows up in the setting and it's like some CGI goblin. Yeah, composited stuff. There's, yeah. There's, there's spots where it does not look great. There's um, one part in, in particular where I said aloud to, to an empty room, oh, that's bad. <laughs> and it's when Anakin and uh, Padme are going inside the, the factory on Geonosis. Oh, yeah. Well, we can talk about that. Because, there's, well, just the shot ahead. I'm talking about in particular is the steam that's coming in front of the camera. It's right. very clearly a post oh, yeah. effect because it's not. You can tell it's there's not no dimension to it. Right. Yeah. It's just flatly on the front <laughs> of the thing. I'm like, oh man, that looks bad. That's yeah. like some After Effects shit. The main thing I was, um, and this obviously doesn't exonerate movies' mistakes, but that the the prequels needed a good editor above everything else. I mean, there's other problems with them, but. Like this movie's two hours and twenty minutes long, yeah, and it does not need to be. And the factory thing you're referring to, that whole thing was added in reshoots. If you watched any of the um, behind the scenes stuff, and it, it's because they were like, we need something to happen here, but it's meaningless because we know neither of them is going to die, right? And it's, that it's they, just a drawn out action. And sequence. they shot it all on entirely blue everything, like it's real yeah. people and nothing else. Yeah, they shot it in like three days and a warehouse or whatever it was it, fe- it that makes sense because it feels so because all that really needs to happen is they land there and get captured right, right. um but then they have this drawn out like six minute sequence yeah, yeah. This it's real your Rube goldberg factory sequence. in your right. standard factory that has a bug hallway and um <laughs> uh, random some, now some, of the gen- some of the genetians doors they they when it, when they land when anakin and padme land on geonosis to to rescue obi-wan they get immediately attacked by a legion of naked bugs right yeah now some of the genotians wear clothes yeah as we see in the arena some are just swinging (laughs) these guys are just swinging dong that's just a fucking sex orgy going on yeah so all factory workers just work naked (laughs) i would hope so with that intense heat you think that would be but in the editing thing also in this movie there's like in the romance subplot 
there's obviously multiple scenes where it's just them talking mm-hmm. and you could put all of the information that you need in those scenes into one scene. Like there's two scenes where they're out like on a picnic or out by the water. <laughs> one scene is the sand scene, which I, think I, re- I really want to talk about that, but okay. continue. Yeah. But I mean like the sand scene, nothing exchanged there is relevant or important. Like she talks about some kids she liked when she was little and he talks about not liking sand. Which is his pickup line. Right. And then they kiss and regret it. So that's kind of important, but the dialogue isn't. The other scene is the one where they're sitting by the waterfall and he talks about how government should work. Which yes, is, he supports fascism. Right, which is relevant for his his trajectory. But like those two could be one scene yeah, and half the length. And then, mm. you know... This movie could have been under um, two hours without losing. It, it should have been like right. it's, yeah. it's weird. Like I was gonna like I remember for episode one and episode two they added stuff, additional scenes that weren't in the theatrical release. Now I remember in episode one it's mostly pod racing stuff. I it's I only saw episode two in the theater one time, so I couldn't remember what they added. I don't think they added anything for DVD. Really? I, I thought they did. If it's if it's in there, it's minimal. Um, I remember all this in theaters. Yeah, I remember I'm pretty sure. If it is, it's like it a when, shot or two, but it's not yeah. much. What I what I wanted to bring up about the scenes of their romance is they're supposed to be lying yeah. super low so yeah. they can so he can protect her. And the first thing we see them do is going out to eat. They're having a picnic in a <laughs> wide open field yeah. with a lot of high areas around it. <laughs> yeah. No, this was something I have to credit Red Letter Media for. This is that there's the when the robot. The Mr. Plinkett points this out when the robot the robot attacks her through the window. Yes. And then like two scenes later, she's just packing near an open window <laughs> with robots outside. Like they're right. hanging out yeah. and nobody's concerned. Well, when they're going out to eat, a robot delivers their yeah. drinks. <laughs> it's like, you know, do you know that thing hasn't poisoned her yeah, drink? They're on then? a yeah. refugee ship, which is like security can't be that strict on this right. ship. Right. No, they are to do a bad job yeah it's, it's truly bad well this is all right this is and i i will get to the point where you tell me why you like this movie because <laughs> okay. this has been we, my we, main we problem to let our guests speak no so. that's fine yeah but this has been my main problem and this is with the all of them is that the main point of the trilogy is to get us to vader vader right and the and, Empire. and what we learn is that it like <sighs> prequels and sequels don't normally take anything away from the original Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not someone to think, oh, this ruins the series now because of a bad sequel. Right. But they make it so that Vader, the reason he became Vader was because he was really dumb and he was tricked by a very obvious goblin and had this really stupid love story right. with this woman who loves him despite him being constantly a creep. Like, the the the, the big thing that turns him in this one is that his mother dies mm-hmm. and he could have saved her and he's like i will save people from death but that all that whole plot stems from the idea that he never once went back for his mother right. after becoming a jedi he's not yeah. allowed to they say that i mean yeah i think i i like that, i think it's executed less than great but yeah. i think the idea that he, he was taken away from his mother when he was too old so he already had attachment to her and then he kind of transferred that attachment to Padme, and neither of these were good for his development. And obviously, that, it's if, very catastrophic. That, that should have if if he was like strictly because he doesn't follow any rules, right? You, so no, like if he true. was strictly told like you can't go get your mother, that needs to be a bigger part because like I right. missed that, and even if I had caught that, I would have been like, so fucking what? Right. His mother is enslaved on this planet. The Jedi therefore suck if they won't allow him to go fucking save his mother. Right. 
I mean, that could have been explored more. Exactly. It's, like, they're, they're, it's a bad... There are good ideas right. in, in, in the prequel trilogy that he just... Like, Lucas just managed to focus on all the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the good ideas are, like... Because we see in episode one going into episode... Like, everything Anakin ever does is incredibly selfish. Like, even, oh, yeah. even little boy Anakin. The, the, whole, first movie. No, the whole thing is, like, he makes the selfish choice every time instead of selfless choice, which is what a Jedi should be doing. Yeah. And they forget... To do a lot of things that yeah. need to exist, they forget to show that Obi Wan and Anakin like each other right. because they don't they like each other. Never, yeah. yeah, I yeah. think this movie also has to deal with the fact that, and this is not a unique opinion, but having him be ten years old in the first one was a mistake because he doesn't have any character development at all by having him be a kid. It's like this one has to do two movies worth of right posturing for him for the future, and because yeah. like they should have. We should have started this movie knowing he and Obi-Wan are friends and that he has the thing with his mom and, you know, that stuff. And then I have to do all that in like a half hour in this movie. And it's crucial for the future of the... Right. But they never... It's... Yeah, it's weird But they that do spend they wasted six the whole minutes first in a factory. Movie. Right, that's true. Yeah. But like they wa- almost wasted the whole first movie of Anakin, even though he's arguably the main character of the whole trilogy. Right. Because he does nothing in the first movie that's really indicative of who he is i mean like yeah he's gifted with flying ships and pod racing but you know because he's 10 years old you can't do anything he's like a side character in that yeah movie. yeah it's weird that episode two wasn't like the f- episode one right they the clone wars should have started in the first episode if that's yeah. the like the backdrop for your whole well that fucking that recut that what is what's his name Dan? Topher Grace. Topher yeah. Grace. <laughs> it, he completely cuts out the first movie because it's like right. yeah none of this matters right. none of this matters yeah the the fact that and this is not a, about Attack of the Clones, but like if you had to show like if the logic to show Qui Gon as Obi Wan's master, it's like well then there's no limit to what you could go back further and further if you feel like you need to show like they just should start with Obi Wan and Anakin yeah yeah you know. But they feel like he felt like he needed to do a prequel to his prequel trilogy in the trilogy. Yeah, it's this 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 movie, Attack of the Clones. It's like they they go between having them be like in a buddy cop movie and having like Obi Wan just be a shitty dad to a shitty kid. Yeah, right? like they're just shitty to each other yeah. all the yeah. time. They, it's like I like I like Obi Wan when he's on his own, but like anytime he and Anakin are together, it's like oh, I don't like you. And of course, you don't really like Anakin. Right? Yeah. You're not supposed to, but but he's well, like that's so the thing. Whiny I too. think you, is, you should have figured out a way to make us like him. But yeah, in the movie, you do not like him. That's the no. thing is the only the only way they Lucas tries to make people like Anakin is they have other people say things about him. Right. But he like he needed to be charismatic at first. He needed to be likable because we're trying to see a guy. Who's be- worth go falling to the in dark love side. with? Also, like the first, right? Like the it makes first, no sense yeah. why Padme's like down DTF yeah. the with f- this dude. No. First sequence with ha- like we should definitely go through their their courtship because the first conversation they have, she says, "Anakin, you've grown up," and not like a minute later, he just starts whining about his job to her yeah. and then leers at her after she says, "You're making me uncomfortable." <laughs> right, his- and it's like, yeah, this is a romance right now. <laughs> Every the entire courtship is Anakin leering at her. Yeah. Right. And, and making she, unwanted physical contact. Right. That is their entire courtship. Yeah. Anakin is the <laughs> ultimate. He's like Michael and then Scott. He's, well, and then like he's, everything he, he does is so uh, makes people so uncomfortable in this movie. He leers possessively at Padme. Uh unwanted physical contact. Yeah. Um starts ranting about how fascism is the correct. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a uh, he's 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 
he's an incel. He's, he's a MAGA. He, yeah. he opposes her ideology completely. Like, she's the senator who does not believe in any of this. Yeah. He's like, let me tell you how it should work. Yeah. He like Me who has zero experience in government. Right. He'll publicly, like, fight with her, uh, her authority. Yeah. The part where he, like, snarls an apology through his teeth at her. Yeah. When he, like, when he's, like, talking over her. Yeah. It's just, he's not, again, it's, it's. It's that idea of like we're trying to see this guy get to this point where he's Vader and everything leading up to it is like a series of mishaps and terrible character decisions. Right. So it's like, oh man, the thing that made him Vader is dumb and like yeah. weird and 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 uncomfortable and it just really bummed me out. Yeah. Well, I understand that. <laughs> but <laughs> All right, let's try let's try this butt. Let's see where this where this butt goes. Um I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think the fact that mistakes are what leads him to become Vader is, on paper, is fine. But, yeah, the way that they were carried out isn't the most, I don't know, entertaining or understandable. Right. You just see this, you see this guy, you're like, well, of course he's Darth Vader. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But also, he's kind of like a whiny asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think would have been fine in the first movie. Yeah. Not in this one, where we're like, well, two movie hours from now is the third one, and he's going to be, you know more brooding we needed more space between yeah. vader and this form of of anakin right because this this winds up i mean we're talking about attack of the clones but it winds up kind of affecting the third the yeah the third movie as well because his his decision to become vader is is very quick in episode yeah right three. it's very quick and it's based <laughs> off of just we waste a like lot of fucking believing time. Yeah. one guy being like i can teach you to cheat death and he's just like okay yeah <laughs> and like oh Christ. <laughs> yeah. and we have to talk about the whole trilogy in a sense when talking about this movie because it's the second of three yeah right well this like came... if you're watching this movie you will watch you will have watched the first one no I've... one just jumps into episode I two i've i mean other people I probably skip it after one <laughs> yeah. one viewing phantom menace but yeah i think you're mostly yeah um, even though you don't really need to have seen the first no, one. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. But it's I, uh, nobody watches the second of a movie. Yeah. We're I mean, judging this movie in the context of yeah. the three movies that I think, it's a part I of. I think this one, I mean, there's some fun stuff in this movie. I think it has more compelling action for the most part than the first one. I oh, would yeah. love to talk about the action because I disagree. <laughs> well, the first one has the pod race, which is entertaining but long. Yeah. And it's uh, repetitive. And then the sword fight at the end is probably the best of any of them but yeah the rest of that movie is very tedious and as we <laughs> stated earlier for no real purpose yeah it goes nowhere it's the most complicated star wars plot ever right right um this one at least has some some fets yeah and the last 30 minutes i think are totally enjoyable i mean to get there you have to sit through two hours of a right. mismatch but like that's once... the thing i watched this last night and by the time i got to the last 30 minutes i was falling asleep right i was like um i'm right. so sick of this but like th the last 30 minutes is basically when they get taken into the execution arena to the end of the movie so it's right there's constantly things going on and to the movie's benefit there's like <laughs> 10 minutes there where almost no dialogue <laughs> happens it's just people reacting to you know the alien will... monsters trying to kill them and Things like that. My highlight is watching fucking Christopher Lee fight a little CGI Muppet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's um, good. But I guess my issue with the action is the first action scene is 
the the Camino, what not Camino, um, yeah, the, the chase through Coruscant. Coruscant, right? That has no stakes whatsoever. They go out of their way to show you these are cartoon characters. Yeah, they jump from high distances and just sort of like land. There's a point where Anakin loses his lightsaber and Obi Wan just it. catches it in the air. Doesn't even like react. Like blank face just catches Puts it. it. Yeah, it's like it's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's the force, bro. Yeah, that's... And, but that's the problem. Is if. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm saying that it isn't exciting right, for I that understand. reason. Yeah, there's that's an excuse some people when they defend the prequels is just like, well, it's the Force, the will, of the, and that's kind of a cop out for some things. Oh yeah, that's, I think the lightsaber in that case, yeah, he just knew. But, oh no, yeah, and I'm fine with that. But yeah, but it, it does remove a lot of like either tension or you know, and that's kind of a problem in general with the with the prequels is that the Jedi are pretty much in- yeah right. They flip around. There's definitely some moments. I think when they're fighting the Sith, it's there's stakes there. Right. Well, yeah. They do a very good job. Because this is also... I like that in the Star Wars universe, you can just chop off someone's limb and like it'll get fixed. But in the moment, like in the end of this, when Anakin gets his fucking arm chopped off, it does make you go, oh, shit. Yeah. Because like that's not normally a thing that happens to a hero. hero. To your hero. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's that. But like for the most part, it's very... It's just like you're just waiting for the scene to end, or at least I was, where it's like, I know they're going to get out of this okay, because they're not making them at all seem like they're struggling. Yeah. Like, they're having no problems for most of it. For the most part, I do like the Coruscant chase, because it's it's a Star Wars locale that you haven't seen yet, right? which is like a, 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 a bustling city in its prime at nighttime. That's cool. So it was cool to like see all like, you know, like a, like a... The yeah, futuristic like Blade Runner. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But they, like, you know, more they literally fly through nice lightning. Right. They do, they and they just go, Ugh, and it's just like, I get what you're saying. The setting's great. I think the settings are great throughout this movie. Yeah, Camino looks awesome. Yeah, um, um, that's one thing I will say. And this isn't a <laughs> podcast about the Disney movies, but they kind of just revisit like the like Jakku on the new movies is just Tatooine. It's Tatooine, yeah. And it's like, you could have done anything. Yeah. This one does have Geonosis, which is kind of Tatooine. Well, and they, my favorite example of that in the Disney ones is in the end of uh, fucking Last Jedi, when they're clearly on Hoth. Right. And they cut to one character who's like, taste the ground, it's salt. Nice. So I love salt Right in the guy. camera. So right. it's like, it's not the same as Hoth because it's salt, not yeah. snow. But this movie, yeah, it, it went to Naboo and Kamino and Coruscant, and it was like, at least that's different. Yeah, they all look different, right. which is nice. And new to the whole the whole saga at that point. Yeah, um, I like that. I like that shit. I like, I like uh, you know, I like the, 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 the Obi-Wan's fight with Jango Fett is cool. Yeah. Is it? It is. I think so. I it got Again, it gets kind of silly at the end when he's fucking swinging from that wire and like... And it's, again, like cartoon physics, where it's just like this thin wire. And then, again, it's the will of the Force, where he's, like, swinging from it, and then Jango Fett snaps it, and then, like, Obi-Wan, like, throws it, and it, like, wraps around perfectly well, on this thing. Little, yeah, I know, I know. But, it. again, it's it's just, it's... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's the only fight... It's, it's the only fine. Fight. I, like the, I like the scene after where they're doing the fighting in space. The, the, the yeah, fight in space is cool. Chase. Yeah. Yeah. The sound design for the the charges is pretty sweet. Yeah, like the sound design and all because it's Ben Burt. Right. So the sound design in all these movies. Ben Burt also good. edited the movie. Yeah. Which he shouldn't have, but he can design all the sound he wants. Right. Yeah. Obviously great at that. But yeah, he d- he edited all three prequels, and I think it's just because he's not an editor. Yeah. 
uh, too much. Yeah. <laughs> too much gets left in there. Right. And that may be dictated to him. I don't know yeah. how that dynamic worked, but. I liked the uh, the Jango Fett fight because it's the only fight that uh, a Jedi has with a non Jedi character where it's not like a squash. <laughs> right. Way. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And on the editing thing, the first original Star Wars was famously a disaster on the first edit, um, which Luke is supervised, right? The, the I first think edit. so. Yeah. Well, I would assume he did. And then they replaced that guy with three different people: Marcia Lucas, Richard Chu, and um, I think Alan Hirsch is the third one, but. And that's the movie that eventually got released. So I think it's obvious that Lucas needs a <laughs> talented editor for his scripts and direction. He needs to not be the guy running the show, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's true. Um, like, he's got to have people that edit both what is filmed and also what is written. Right. I think. Yeah, I think also the editing in this, not just to like trim whole scenes out, but somewhere like the exchanges like could be snappier just with the editing because there's like full pauses between... Like the scene where Obi Wan and Jango speak in his apartment. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, weird. If you read it on I, paper, you're like, "This seems fine," but then you watch it, and it's just like there's hesitation after every line, and like a look, and we're like, "We don't need all of that." You right? Could, he's like, he's set like he, he's like interrogating a, a suspect, the, and, and they're like cautious he, he about. He pauses and walks completely around the room <laughs> before he s- answers his question, which is like the most suspicious thing you can yeah. do. <laughs> the 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 Star Wars prequels. My thoughts on them immediately when I first saw them was it is the most expensive public access movie ever made in the sense, especially the editing where like, and I know this is the originals as well, but he uses like Venetian wipes. Oh yeah. yeah. And like, like I, there's probably a star wipe in there somewhere and it's like, that's bad filmmaking. That's always been, that's again, public access filmmaking is like, yeah, we'll do wipes and we'll do like fun transitions. And like serious filmmakers don't do that unless they're George Lucas. Yeah. And it's the same with like the dialogue, how it's emotionless. Like it's just the most expensive yeah. bad movie. Right. This was something that the the Mr. Plinkett videos pointed out, which is that in every scene the characters are either sitting or walking. They're not doing anything else. Like the most a character does in a scene is um Natalie Portman packing. Right. But like generally when you do a scene with actors you have them like do something to show like their emotions or like to keep it interesting. And every scene it's them walking, they'll occasionally stop and it's just shot reverse shot. One other exception is in the garage on on Tatooine after he kills all the sand people. He's sitting there tinkering. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, which is very advanced for Lucas. Cause it it actually relates to the scene. Yeah. He's talking about, I could fix these robots. I couldn't help my mom. I think in episode three, there's a moment where it's literally like Obi-Wan and, 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 um, Oh shit. Samuel Jackson, Mace, Mace. And like, and like they find out that like Anakin is being turned by the emperor and Mace goes, we must move quickly. And then they just keep walking (laughs) and it's just like, man, they're like, they, not not a single emotion right yeah and that also i think is tied to the fact that so many of the environments they use were not physical there, or yeah. they were limited or whatever the the case was so it's like i guess you could just walk to the you, end right of the platform yeah. <laughs> the way these films are made you can't there's you, there's not much business yeah. yeah because george lucas didn't want to go anywhere yeah i guess not well he wanted to create lands of imagination dave yeah yeah <laughs> do you like the part where they had fruit for dinner I didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be my choice, fruit. but 
They just had a bowl of fruit, and they were with a fork and knife eating fruit. Because George Lucas is a fucking alien. Of course he's an alien. Look at the dialogue That's he true. writes. Yeah. That <laughs> part I agree with. George Lucas has no idea how real human beings speak to each other. Yeah, that's yeah. the scene with... Oh, no, it's the scene after with, I wish that I could just wish away these feelings. Right. But I can't. But I yeah, can't. well, as... Was it Harrison Ford famously said, like, you can write this shit, but you can't say it? Yeah. 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 That's, that's <laughs> on display throughout the prequels. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, like... And I'm trying. I don't know off the top of my head if anything in this movie was. Um, well, actually, that's at the end. Like the whole when the war breaks out, all of like the shots of the battle happening. Apparently, they they just told all the visual effects guys like pre-visualize stuff you would want to see in a battle, and then we'll pick the best stuff. So that's not written by George technically, but and uh, the stuff that's in there is is totally enjoyable. But like in in Phantom Menace, like the at the end where. Qui-Gon kneels because you can't get through that mm-hmm. barrier. It just meditates, and Darth Maul paces back and forth staring at him. Both of those decisions were made by the actors. Yeah, that and, sounds about right. Yeah, and like Han Solo's I Know was yeah, uh, ad-libbed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think Lucas, if maybe it was the actors he chose, maybe he told them not to do it specifically. But if there's other voices, the movies get better. And Right, because well, you had Lawrence Kasdan on empire too right, right. Like the story of the script the lightsaber was the prop guy was like what should this look like lucas and he's like oh right and he like just went in the fucking truck and was like okay i guess i'll do do yeah. this like lucas is he's ed wood like it's just <laughs> it's like oh yeah that's good that takes good enough let's move on and it's like right. are you sure because that was a very bad performance like no let's move on right yeah, Natalie Portman runs like a crazy person in this yeah. movie. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> like, and I think it, it's probably due to the... It might be due to like the limited size of wherever blue screen or green screen set they're on, but yeah. she always runs like yeah. somebody who's trying to look like they're running fast but not actually running fast. Yeah. It's also... I don't know if that was real sand or if they were like, just pretend you're running on sand. Well, it's he like, hates okay. sand, so they're yeah, not going gonna... to... It's coarse and it gets everywhere, <laughs> yeah. so he, Lord knows you would have to film it. courtship. I wrote down... Uh, the part where he comes back and says he killed everybody, yeah, um, and then he someday he's gonna make people not die. Um, Padme responds with, "What's wrong, Annie?" <laughs> like, right. as, like he just brought no, his mom's body back. I think we know what's wrong. Did yeah. no one like figure out like, oh, she has to say that before? Yeah, and then right. he just yeah he admits to genocide, mass yeah. murder, mass murder. Yeah, yeah. which and she's just so she's just she's him. down with it. Yeah, th- there's a good look. Like she doesn't get a ton to do in any of these movies. Um, although this one she does have the most to do, thankfully, because the first one she's just like a a prop figurehead who speaks occasionally. <laughs> well, get, yeah, in the end she and she and Captain Panaka get to run right. their mission. It's a, it's yeah, a few <laughs> blaster shots, and then the third one like she's just barefoot and pregnant the whole movie. Yeah, so that's, but this one she has. But anyway, there's a after he says I don't know if it's specifically after he says he killed him, but she gives a look that's just like oh shit, I'm in love with a maniac. Like, <laughs> right. And like she's like, well, I can't like walk away from him. I'm at his like family's house essentially, and like I'm in. I guess from this point on, trapped at the worst like Christmas vacation. Right. Ever. Like, yeah. Which is okay. like a little thing. Where you're like, or I understand that idea of like she's at the point they hadn't developed that they were in love, but like you could understand that idea of their relationship. Like she released the point where she was like, well, I'm, I'm in love with him, so even right. though I have to deal with this. But. I mean, I remember this was one of the moments the audience laughed um, when I first saw it was when they're about to go and fight the monsters and she suddenly is just like, I've been dying a little every day without yeah. you. And everybody in the audience was like, what? Because <laughs> at that point we all... Saw was a kid. Yeah, yeah, and we all just like... She shows very little interest in him, nor should she show much yeah. interest in him. 
Yeah, that kind of like that refers to an episode one that we didn't get, where like yeah. Yeah. they had a whole thing for like She's a year like a, and then had to. It makes her like a weird pedophile. Yeah, right. Like he shouldn't have met this character as a. Ch- I don't understand why it was so important we saw him as a child. I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole. That's a different yeah. movie. Right. I want to talk uh, about. A, I can't defend that. <laughs> this is something. It's sort of a non sequitur, so I just want to point it out. Around this time, there's a point where um, they get the message from Obi Wan. And they need to transfer it to Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Padme presses a button on the ship to do it. Right. Um, and then they transfer it. And then the, the Jedi Council is like, leave this to us. We'll handle it. Um, and then Natalie Portman's like, no, we should do it. This planet is very close. Look, see? And they cut and she the presses button. the same button right. to do that. And it's like, Lucas, it's can like you the, just like have her press a second like button? The button. <laughs> There's like a bunch of There's buttons. There's so many buttons. It on might this be thing, man. the same shot. My yeah, my guess would be that was like an editing was like we don't have another shot of a button, so it's like because yeah, this, this other take of that same button push we can use that that's a lucas thing because i know i know episode three has this and i know episode one has moments and i'm sure it's in this where lucas and post would literally merge two shots together right or like split like he'd use the left side of one shot and the right side of another right. or he would morph takes together and when you start noticing it while watching it's it freakish. it's hard yeah. it not looks like a to haunted notice. image yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because it the, in post he can just sit there in a nice chair and do the work, so he doesn't like yeah. Lucas is a firm believer of shoot as little as possible on the day, do as little movement, right. and then just trust computers to fill in the rest. Yeah, I think my favorite one of my favorite moments in this film is when Anakin decides to go off to find his mom and Duel of the Fate starts playing, and it's him like riding his speeder bike through the desert, and that's pretty cool, making his evil face. Yeah, and then it just cuts to a shot of like a 20 second shot of him talking to a Jawa with right. duel the fate still playing. Yes. <laughs> you expect it's a murder directions. to happen. Right. right like, Oh, I thought it was going to be more of a montage, like additional scenes with right. Paul that were like upping no. the, the stakes and like, you know, and increasing the excitement. Cause that's a, that's a piece of music that's like driving right. yeah. momentum. It's like, this is shit's happening, but it's <laughs> just him talking to I a Jawa. I think they probably realized <laughs> there's no other like alien race on this planet that he could talk to except the sand people who he's about to go murder. Yeah. So it's like, well, we can't like reshoot and have a whole cantina scene where he interrogates people. They should have done just two minutes of him chatting. <laughs> yeah. <with> his... <laughs> it's like the jaw was like kind of like point. Yeah. Like they're clearly, and they're like, he just kind of walks back to his speeder while Duel of the Fates is still playing. <laughs> He then, by the Again, way, editing. <laughs> I just want to point out, editing is the biggest. Problem he finds his mom in the first try. He goes oh, to the yeah. first ten, first opens ten. it up. Well, he's got the force, right? Okay, f- there, fair enough. Movie. And then he's lucky he got there and not a minute earlier. Yeah, right she, she immediately dies. Yeah, it's a little convenient, but. And the sand people are apparently asleep, standing up. I don't know because they're man. making like snoring noises. I mean, I like I get it that it's serious that he just as a Jedi he just fucking kills a bunch of aliens but they also they're basically bugs so like yeah i, I don't never know. felt the- i always felt like maybe sand people was a coded like yeah brown people yeah like, sort of thing from the beginning so i think i know what you mean because like it's an alien race right it's, it's they- hard to it doesn't have the quite the impact that i think they maybe wanted it to where it's like oh he killed a bunch of innocent people it's well, like, well no yeah <laughs> they're bugs and they're also like that- kidnappers and murderers i mean the phrase it doesn't have quite the impact that they wanted it to could be said about every moment of this the the prequels because that's the problem is it for me it was like it's just one more moment that just felt yeah i don't know like i said it all feels very first draft 
and we need another edit of this because right this stuff does not it's just the whole thing is so like there's um a good the thing that like really for me establishes it is star wars episode one the first battle they have with those droids on the on the ship with the racist uh chinese aliens Mm -hmm. yeah um when they're like having that lightsaber battle and, and there's like lasers hitting them lasers will like hit the walls and floors and it doesn't cause a mark yeah. because it's fake right and like it's like that where it's like you could do that in cgi you could cause the marks Easily, yeah. but they didn't think to do it or they were too lazy to do it and that's the that sort of set the tone for these movies throughout where they all feel like video game cutscenes. Yeah. And so it was always hard and since the characters don't have any fucking emotion, just like a video game cutscene <laughs> character from like the the mid 2000s. Yeah, sure. That the whole all the movies like I struggled to feel anything yeah. watching these movies because right. it didn't feel like anything was real. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the fact that everybody's a Jedi or politician. Yeah. So they're I mean, and this doesn't excuse it, but there's nobody who's like running in like, you guys are going to believe what happened or anything. Yeah. It's just like, I guess this is what's happening and now we're going to do this. And I'm trying not to go back to the Plinkett Star Wars because they, if people haven't seen those, they're very comprehensive look at what ha- what went wrong with these. Right. But something they pointed out was that you never see the war affect anybody. Right. Like whenever you see Coruscant, it's just everybody's having a great time. Yeah. And like there's no like rationing. Watching no, like, whatever version of football that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like the Bud Bowl. Like there's no depth to the world. There's no, it doesn't feel like the war matters. Well, also they... They start the war at the end of this one, and at the beginning of three, it's ending. So, like, it right. takes place off camera, <laughs> which is, like, the whole second movie should have been the war, like, at least. Yeah. Like, start at the end of one, and then you can end it in three. But, yeah, they – I don't know, and I don't know if that was planned, because obviously they made the TV show set in that time. But, yeah, you, see, you would think, especially because Star Wars, it's in the title, and the original trilogy, there's a war constant in the background the whole time. Yeah. You would think, all right, let's at least have the war take up one whole movie, but it takes up like six minutes on screen, and then it, it ends off screen pretty much. So, wh- so what do you like about this? Yeah, I need to figure this out. Well, I think, like I said, I think the action is is entertaining for me. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it feels like what I would expect out of a Star Wars movie. Um, of course, I prefer better dialogue and and mm-hmm. acting, but. I mean, compared to the, uh, all the other movies, I think the action's as, for the most part, as watchable and enjoyable as. See, I would argue yeah. that it's watchable. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's bare minimum. But like, I had some trouble watching this. I mean, I can understand that. I wanted to look away at yeah, times. It's, it is very long. It is yeah. too long. Right. Mm. Uh, we we need to these. Hollywood, I know Hollywood is listening. Um, your movies need to be about two hours long. Your, right. your, your blockbusters need to be about two hours long. Right. Yeah. I uh, Cut it out with this two and a half hour bullshit. Yeah. I think there's some nostalgia now for these prequels. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't deny that because I was 16 when it came out, so I have a little bit of... Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Um, and I, I think I'm not a big fan of these new ones, and I think it's there is something to say of the idea... Of like at least the prequels were made by Lucas. Um, mm-hmm. Well, at least that said, he makes a great case f- 
for that not being a positive thing. I, <laughs> or, I, I think <laughs> I think Disney makes an equal case for why they should. Be. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, at least he did something different. Yeah, it's two. Well, it's two sides of this thing. Yeah. Is Disney's? It's almost like two pandering, and it's like if you make something that's made just by the fans, right. that you're not gonna do anything new. Yeah, it's just gonna, just gonna be, gonna be like, fans this? being like, I want to do that too. Um, and so, yeah, you get an original look and like the idea of this world before the war where it's all shiny and everybody's more naive um, is a cool idea. It's just n- it wasn't done by a good filmmaker. No, it was not. It was um, not. <laughs> a bad writer and a bad director made these yeah. movies and they're bad. And so it's like it's it's like two sides of this extreme of like, yes, this is his his story he's telling. Yeah. Um, versus getting a bunch of talented filmmakers to just just you know celebrate how much they love Star Wars, right? Just to, neither to feel redo great. All the things they liked about the movies yeah. that they saw. It's more. It feels like when you look at it all, it's more a, for a case of just letting a franchise be three films. That's <laughs> right. Because <laughs> just moving on. Let's like if you're going to be like brutally, brutally honest, there are two good Star Wars right. movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um. That's and not the story. A great I know I've talked about the story of how these movies got made, or how how I'm pretty sure they got made because the timeline when you look at it is after Star Wars, Lucas went to do like Willow and Howard the Duck, which and and there was like an other there was a few movies. He basically took Lucasfilm and he was like, okay, we're done with Star Wars, we're going to do something else, and then he just kept failing at that, and then he finally did the re-releases of the originals in theaters. And it did really well. And then until it was knocked out of the box office by Titanic. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the, the the making of Star Wars Episode One, And it's Lucas constantly complaining about how they're not going to beat Titanic. Yeah. And so I feel like the prequels came from a place of darkness in Lucas <laughs> where he wanted to be number one. And Titanic right. came along and he's like, you want a love story? I'll make a fucking love story. I think also, yeah, that's... I. Don't deny that. I think also the um, the reason for the re-release was to try out all the special effect stuff, right? Which he knew he would need in his vision of the prequels. So those were like the test run and the money, like <laughs> right. getting money up front so that he could produce three films that he knew were going to be super expensive. But yeah, I, I don't doubt that there's <laughs> some form of pride or just like I'm going to be Titanic, <laughs> Lucas. Re-release Willow, you son of a bitch. Nobody's nobody's on board with that one, huh? I no. guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't oppose it, but I'm not I don't know if I'd be there first day. <laughs> um man, yeah, this this <sighs> movie is fruit for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going through my notes. I guess it's I, I mean, I remember it being I remember it it was definitely better than episode one was. You know, I've seen people yeah. who don't feel that way though. <laughs> That's weird. That's why I picked it for this because I knew that some people, for some reason, think it's worse, and I can understand not liking it. But it's some stuff happens at least in this movie. See that it looks like Star Wars. I didn't know yeah. Episode One was ever thought as good. Like saying it's better than Episode One feels like saying it's. Oh yeah, I don't think that better think than no, no, choking to death. I don't like, think anyone's going to die on that hill. Okay, no. uh, <laughs> but people have been like, two is worse because they he knew what failed about the first one and didn't fix it in terms of like the. Uh, political stuff and the acting and all that stuff he people think he should have made this better knowing where he went wrong the first time but no he wasn't listening to no anybody. that's also true he like famously was like i don't read reviews or i don't read right, at the, the time the internet the embryonic form of 
message boards and everything. Which, again, I'm kind of okay with right. not reading message boards. Right. But I think he should have had some other voices in the room. Yes. Like, yeah, hey, he I would have cut it this way. But that's me. That's just, <laughs> yeah. I would cut this whole you know 30-minute sequence out. But, hey, if you want to take a real circuitous route to get you to Camino, I guess <laughs> it's your world. And then, yeah, that, the, there's a funny thing at the end of that documentary about Phantom Menace where they watch like the first, I don't know if it's the, it must be like one of the first final cuts, quote unquote. And after it ends, they're all sitting in the screening room and it's just silent. <laughs> and George <laughs> says something like, we may have gone too far. Like, a few places. <laughs> I may have gone too far yeah. in a few places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it feels like he probably learned that lesson for a week on that movie and then he got into this and forgot about it and was like yeah i can just do everything because why all my instincts are going to be right because they're mine everybody should watch the behind the scenes making of episode one because it plays out like a christopher guest film (laughs) it is where it's it's like yeah this is these feel like actors playing like yeah it's it's an it's an excellent reason to buy the phantom menace dvd it's like the same reason i got batman and robin on dvds to watch the behind the scenes (laughs) because it's just like oh man particularly when you when you watch it knowing what happened it's like watching the Zapruder film yeah and I feel like that was he should have remembered that and been like well I gotta have these three people I trust outside voices come in and and help me with whatever the scripting to shooting and all that because like (laughs) I went too far in a few places you did it again yeah 10 minutes later continues to oh man that fucking I mean we I don't know if we all wanted to see Yoda lightsaber fight or not. I think I did. Uh, I was did not expect it to be like it is. In I, the film. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't have if you had asked me. I wouldn't have preferred him to fight like that. Fighting is fine, but I thought it would have been like in like the kung fu movies where like the master doesn't even have to get out of the chair to kick your ass. Like right. But if you're gonna have him fight, I guess that's the least objectionable way. I see. I I, I have to bring up the plinket thing again they pointed out that in the in the first original films the whole point of yoda is size doesn't matter yeah right it's this the whole point is it's this great warrior and he's this little guy so if size doesn't matter he wouldn't fight with a little fucking lightsaber and have to flip right. around a lot he would use some other method that he would was use the fucking smart. force right. yeah he Which would they be do at first and, and then, then and then they're like oh, i guess sword fight it's dumb yeah. it's it's so dumb because it's like yeah they start with using the force and he's like well fuck the force we'll have to settle this with they, lightsabers right. yeah, and they it's really like, should have had yoda just be like yeah just you know, be awesome like just deflecting shit like yeah right. like you said like the like the old wise masters in the kung fu movies who yeah. just don't or even, even have to move. and this obviously it was after the fact, but like in the Clone Wars shows, either the 2D one or the 3D one, like he or any other Jedi gets into instances where they don't use their lightsaber and they still can decimate like a thousand people. Right, because you ha- you're fucking magic. Right, so <laughs> like, like he clearly wasn't like, no, that can never happen. He's just like, we're not going to do that in live action for some reason. I guess, I don't know if he thought it was less compelling people to watch. People are ready but, for that. <laughs> but yeah. We want to see this little this little guy fucking flip around. Yeah, that's, that. yeah. So I, I was fine with it if you're going to have to do it that way, but I don't know if you had to do it that, <laughs> at all. That like was, that. I mean, we talked about two tr- uh, one truly unexpected moment, which is Obi-Wan diving through the window. That lightsaber fight right. is in the pantheon yeah. of, of unexpected moments <laughs> that I experienced in a movie theater. Yeah. And the entire theater was howling right. with laughter when that happened. Oh, yeah. Not, pretty sure not what the anticipated response. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, mm, I don't know. I go, I... Uh, I think the main thing that i because I, I rewatched this uh-huh. uh last night in preparation for this but that the the first two didn't have a finish line for each film like obviously the third one has to get to a finish line yeah 
but the first two he was just like oh we could just go around here we can introduce qui-gon and yeah political disputes and he's like oh shit we have to finish this in like two weeks guys we gotta like <laughs> this has to end in a meaningful yeah. place that advances the story right this one sort of does because it's the start of the clone Wars, right but it's real man it's a real fucking byzantine route it yeah. takes to get there yeah it just takes its time and then it's like oh shit wait a minute we don't have time to get there from here right that 50s diner <laughs> what Hello, the Dex. fuck Ernest i want to know i want an entire film on their relationship yeah. How did he meet Dex? I want to know why there's a 50s diner in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's such a, that's like a, I feel like Lucas was probably like, well, my kid really wanted to see a scene. Yeah. Like or that. he's like, I love like Tucker, a man in his dream. And I'm like, yeah. I got to put this in one of my movies. It's been a while since I delved into this world. Right. It's been a while since I did American Graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> so I still don't hate this movie. But in rewatching it, I realized why I hadn't watched it in a very long time. It was, yeah, it's 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 a tough sit at times. I understand. It's pretty it's it's pretty slow, and and the cool parts aren't exactly worth watching. Yeah, it feels movie like movie. the first like assembly edit of the movie, and it's like, all right, well, we'll cut this down to about yeah ninety minutes. We'll trim this down to a watchable. I was gonna 90, say if this was ninety minutes, minutes, it would probably I'd probably want to watch it more. Yeah, um, I think that's with with all of them, all the prequels. Yeah. It's like just if you had a real editor, it was like, look, this doesn't make sense. Fuck you. I'm cutting it out. Yeah. Rather than Ben Burma, like, what are we doing? What do you want me to cut? Yeah. And it was like, I shot everything perfectly, so leave it all in. Yeah, ben Bird is a perfect example of a guy who knows how to use the software, but has no, like... <laughs> it doesn't have that hyper-specific yeah. skill of having edit a feature <laughs> film. Right. Knowing how <laughs> to make things flow yeah. and tell a story. Yeah. It's like, well, I can use Avid. Yeah. And I think he edited maybe, Wait, like, Young Indiana did, Jones or something. Why did Ben Bird edit i don't know i never heard he's so great at doing sound right i never heard a compelling reason why this was like his like test bed for i want to edit movies and i don't think he's done any features after this maybe he did like red tails another like lucasfilm (laughs) but it wasn't like everybody started hiring him to do you know blockbusters so i don't know why he got the he did yeah he did at red yeah he maybe. did all them star wars is he did the adventures of young indiana jones yeah maybe lucas just wanted to keep it all in house i don't know it's weird to take a guy that's so good at one thing right. and be like well you can do this other thing it'd be like hi- hiring me be like look you can paint right i'm like yeah i'm like how about you build a house for me i'm like I know how it's supposed to look, but I don't. <laughs> Paintings involved. I don't know if I can get you there, but I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the it's the Mitch Hedberg joke about. Yeah, it's like oh, you, uh, you can you cook. can cook. Can you farm? Can you farm? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's that's uh, what. Whenever I rewatch these, which isn't super often, admittedly, um, it's they're the, tough watches. The editing always jumps out at me. I mean, yes, the dialogue is bad, but everybody's made that point, but. Yeah, the editing, when you watch it, and, like, it's not even drastic changes that mean you just, like, trim, like, here and here and here. It wouldn't save it, though. No. Because it's the editing and also the cinematography and the directing and the acting and the words that are being said (laughs) um, and a lot of the CGI. Right, but I think even in the The music's great. Yeah, in the original three, there's, there's... moments of dialogue and acting where you're like this is less than ideal yeah but i would it's, all that stuff it's yeah. snappier at least to get to the next thing where, yeah. where it's not bad you know it's like the there's less like track between the stops yeah if you're a person that likes the the fun parts of attack of the clones i think an edit would help yeah. because you get yeah. there faster right. i think for general audiences i would recommend take a version of this and just get rid of all the visuals um, and just have the music. I don't know if there's something like that out there. 
Um, that's available for people to purchase. Well, they do do the live symphony things mm-hmm. where they just show clips without uh, just, like dialogue and stuff. Yeah, it's just the live just music. Like so a, that's, that's a version of that. In a disc form <laughs> that has music of this movie. See, he's, he's saying you should buy the soundtrack. Uh, I understand. But in a, but in a dickhead way. <laughs> but you can watch a, it with an audience. In a goblin a, way. In a s- <laughs> symphony hall. Yeah, that would be cool too. <laughs> so yeah, um, any final thoughts on Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones? I stand by it. <laughs> I mean, everything you've said is right, but I, I'm still more correct. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, that's a valid opinion that I respect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, man, it's just, I don't rewatch the prequels that often. I watched them a bunch a while ago, and yeah. now it's, just, like, even the third one, which is, you know, the quote-unquote the best one, mm-hmm. is still, like... It's still got problems. Yeah, there are moments that are like, what? So it's <laughs> like, there's just... Yeah. It's the closest to being more like the... He needed three movies to get close. Right, to, where to he get yeah. back to... <laughs> which is obvious, because he didn't direct much between... Um, he didn't direct anything, I don't think. No. In between Star Wars and Episode One, you can tell. Yeah, I mean, he worked on <laughs> you stuff. You can but yeah, tell that he hasn't. And I think, yeah, that's it's very apparent. It's like you, it's a perishable skill, obviously, George, and the fact that he had no one else around him to be yeah. like, you need to right. you know, brush up on this. <laughs> Nobody to be like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when's the next draft too? It's like mm-hmm. this is it. This can't you be mean? the final draft. This is the one I wrote down on my legal pad. <laughs> it's a <the> good one. <sighs> I wish that I could just wish away these movies. <laughs> but I can't. But I can't. All right. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Man. I hope I, hope I changed some minds. It came out the same month as Sam Raimi's. Yeah. yeah. Also doesn't age. No, the first one does not. The first one does not. The second one, I, I need dope. to watch again. But yeah. I, recently, yeah. yeah. But the first Spider-Man does not age super well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Better than this film? Yes. But I don't know. At what cost? <laughs> right at what cost? <laughs> Um, Justin, thanks so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Where can we find you? Um, I sell all my art online uh, at artnessbyjustinbrown.com. Um, and I have t-shirts and stuff, more than just art that you hang on the wall. So please go there. And then I the story mode shirts. Yeah, on, uh, game plan, it's uh, tpublic.com, game plan employed. Yeah. Some of those are mine. I think yeah, most of them. Are. Most, most of them. them. Except for the sheaves. Yeah, everything but sheaves. all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get yourself a hot-ass sheep shirt and listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, in honor of this episode, please. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, of course, you can check Dave and I's Patreon out at patreon.com slash Employed. And thank you so much for listening. I think that's an episode. That's I think it. so, too. All right, say Killed goodbye, it. everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you.